Welcome to Dorkside Nexus. In this week's episode, Brooksy, Corey, and I sit down to talk about all the amazing nerdy content and news that's dropped over the last two weeks. At the top of the episode, we're going to do a little brief catch-up of what's been going on in our lives, and then from there, we jump right into the most amazing news ever that has come out of the DC film universe, and that's James Gunn taking over as co-CEO of that whole organization, and thank God for that, ladies and gentlemen. From there, we hop on over to Marvel for a bit and talk about Ant-Man and the Wasps, Quantum Mania trailer and where we think that's going to go, as well as some more thoughts on the Black Panther Wakanda Forever movie. And after that, we hop over to Lucasfilm, where we talk about the recent Kathleen Kennedy news, where she's been told to basically shut the fuck up about announcing new projects. While over in Lucasfilm, we're going to talk Andor, and then we're going to get into what is by far one of the most beautiful pieces of animation and storytelling that we have ever seen, Tales of the Jedi. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Left side, so... What was that about your left side? Hello, and welcome to Penis, 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 Penis. Why did I hit the recording button? I was hoping Uh you would stop after I had said that Uh so we could restart. Uh Uh-oh. I have to maintain my silky smooth podcast voice. And be entertaining for camera. (laughs) While you're drinking tea with a side of big honey bun, 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 bun. I'm gonna save that for later. That's my that's my post recording treat. Of course, we have Qui Gon Jinn holding on to dear life over there. I'm just hanging in there. Somebody help me, Obi Wan. Hang in there. Oh, fuck! Here we go again, guys. <laughs> I, I I I genuinely don't know what to think anymore when we start this. That's how I feel. Anytime <laughs> you guys make these like snide inappropriate remarks, my brain's just like. Uh, Tyler EXE has stopped working. Yeah. <laughs> 404 Tyler not found. <laughs> 404. Oh, that's my brain. Oh. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Especially if I'm really tired. I'm like, how do I do my job? Um, 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 uh, 404 not found. <laughs> oh, my fucking God, you two. <laughs> I just, I don't know anymore. We're kind of like the Guardians of the Galaxy at this point. What a bunch of a holes. We're the Asgardians of the galaxy. Together again. (laughs) It's been long enough where I feel like I'm going to do an Infinity War endgame double feature soon. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know if I have it in me. It's a lot. I I just don't know if I have it in me. Like six hours? Like two and a half for Infinity War, three for endgame. Yeah, that's an afternoon. I could probably do that. I could probably watch all... If I had a day off, I could probably watch all Lord of the Rings movies. That's another one. We just finished Fellowship of the Ring, my girlfriend and I, the extended edition, so we're going into Two Towers. So excited. Yeah, I uh, just, I love the scene. Gandalf stands up to the Balrog. It goosebumps every time, especially when the Balrog comes out of the the pit. You see the flames behind him, and it just it screams at him. His foe is beyond any of you. Run! Run! <laughs> you guys get the hell out of here. I'm going to soak up all the XP. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he leveled up. Leveled up from getting up to great. He did. He did level. No, he evolved. Yeah. He really did. He, he evolved. He went from. Uh, well, actually. Well, actually. Oh, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> Even I understood that reference. <laughs> God 
you said you said it first, not me. <laughs> I just took the opportunity. <laughs> well, well, actually, fuck off. <laughs> I'm so lost. <laughs> I'll stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, until the campaign, but. <laughs> okay, guys, we've rambled on long the fuck enough, I guess. Oh, my God. We're a bit punchy this week, I think, right? Yeah, I would say we're definitely a little bit. Well, we took a little bit of a break this week, so. A little bit of a so break. We're back. We're back at it again. A little bit of a break. It was our normal back break. Back at it again with the vans. Back off at the it wall. <laughs> Is Vans Warped Tour coming back? Is that what you're telling me? Uh supposedly yes. God, I would love that. I would love that. Corey, stop looking at me like I'm, we're talking in gibberish. You guys are getting a minivan? Which I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna fucking kill him. <laughs> Which, by the way, both both the concerts I went to last week were absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, who'd you go see? Well, the first one I already know, Tanner's pretty upset, which was uh, Iron Maiden. Yeah, no, I'm actually really fucking jealous of that one. Does Bruce Dickinson actually sing that well? Dickinson? Yeah. Still? Yeah. Even at his age? V- yeah, very well. He did a great job so on Monday night. So what you're saying is he doesn't sound like Vince Neil? No. Oh, thank God. No. Thank God. Just seeing the fact that Eddie went on the stage twice and him having a uh, jetpack, oh, like not a jetpack, a, a, f- a flamethrower was awesome. And then on, <clears throat> I believe it was Friday, we went to go see Sabaton. So I was going to try and get tickets to see Blink-22, but they're like $1,500, so that was a thing that I was going to try to do this week. I was like, oh, fuck you, Ticketmaster, with for $1,500 yeah. to see Blink-182. You can suck a big one. Yeah, that's that's a no bueno. Hard pass. Corey's over here like... I don't uh, do concerts. I do have my tickets for Rhode Island Con, though. Uh, let's not get into that. Sorry. Yeah, that's an unfortunate situation that I can't go to understandable life happens life happens life happens we lost my cat ladies and gentlemen my one-year-old cat i'm quite sad about it because i'm not a cat person my girlfriend had cats when we moved in together she had two she worked at the humane society and said hey look at this cat he walks funny yeah he did this little fucking kitten walked funny right walked right into my heart it's true right right there right in the feels yeah, I had to put them down at a year old due to a urinary blockage, and they wanted $4,000 for that surgery, and he probably wasn't going to make it. So, been a rough week. Yeah. Been a rough week, so it's a little somber. We're going to pour one out for my cat, Bentley. Pouring one out. Pouring one out. Fun fact, ladies and gentlemen, the reason why we named him Bentley is because he w- couldn't walk correctly, and I instantly thought of Bentley the turtle from Sly Cooper when he gets crippled in the second game. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I loved that cat but his whole existence was kind of a meme <laughs> he kind of walked like jack sparrow what? a little bit yeah what? <laughs> I, 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 my demeanor doesn't seem like it but i am quite upset about his death like honestly no i i, I know that but like wow 
I, you, you said Sly Cooper, and I'm like, no, oh no. Oh, I used to love those games way back in the day. And now you're not gonna go back. You no, I'm it. not. <laughs> I fucking ruined it for him, guys. I ruined it for him. Oh man, <laughs> the gang's all here. I never played that one either. That is your loss. That is, ladies and gentlemen. Really I was an Xbox games. guy. Well, I, well, actually. Well, actually. <laughs> you think, no. So, speaking of the whole well, actually thing, Corey made a joke. So now that's four rolls for psychic damage at the beginning of Strahd, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to start the adventure and I'm just going to drop dead from all these puns. <laughs> well, like I said, I could just have it tallied out and I could be like, oh, they just got through a battle. Hey, you guys remember that joke? Hey, roll psychic damage. But we just, I said, roll psychic damage. I got two health. I hope I get less than a one, than a two. Death saves instantly. Yeah, Death saves, yeah, ladies much. and gentlemen. Acorn falls on my head, dies. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much how this Dungeons and Dragons campaign is going to yeah, go. No, Especially, pretty... are we going to start at level one or are we starting at level three? I think for, um, like because with the exception of you and Ari, everybody else hasn't played. Level I think one. I'll probably start at level one. That way, I mean, it's... that makes that makes the most sense to me. To be completely honest, as much as I would love to start at level three. Yeah, but, you know, things don't always go the way that they're supposed to, ladies and gentlemen. No, but it'll give everyone who's a new player, like, better perspective. That way they fuck can... the newbies. Hey, yeah, you heard me. I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> extra, extra, extra punchy today, guys. Extra punchy. Yeah. Well, it's been quite a week, honestly, for some nerdy stuff. I feel like we had several announcements we had more and or and then we just got uh tales of the jedi that just dropped yep heck yeah so why oh, do should we let's start with the, the some of the announcements and rumors and stuff that have come out lately so you told me about james gunn with was now a co-owner co-ceo co-ceo excuse me of dc Basically, of what was it, DC? Yeah, so now DC Studios officially. Yeah, Warner Bros. hired him on, which I think was a brilliant move because he proved what he could do with superheroes and not even like A tier superheroes that he's going to be dealing with, but like C list heroes. Because Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't a uh, household name or anything until he got his hands on it and created that first movie. Yeah. I, I honestly think the suicide squad is the best movie DC's put out since the dark Knight. facts. Like, uh, no, I, I definitely agree with that. And peacemaker Tanner, you got to get on peacemaker. That show is so good when you have time. <sighs> That's the hardest thing to come by these days. I mean, I just came off of a 24 hour shift, ladies and gentlemen, and rolled it home, made dinner real quick and set this up as, and also somehow watched most of tales of the Jedi. So I don't know how I'm doing it. I don't know how anybody does this. <laughs> it's running mostly on caffeine and, and, and I, what was that dish you made? So I did a Cajun, uh, chicken and sausage Alfredo. Smelled and really it, good. And it's all in one pot. 
which mm-hmm. is the beauty of this recipe. And it's quick. Cook the chicken, cook the sausage, throw your garlic in, throw the rest of your ingredients in, let it simmer for 25 minutes, and you've got a banging dish. Corey over there can't eat any of it because his genes are weak and as well as his taste buds. I brought a ham sandwich <laughs> from the store. <laughs> what else did you bring? Because there was a plastic container with something in it. Oh, that was the Riverbend's loaded potato salad. Oh, my God. That potato, is really good from there. The bacon. Uh, I don't know. Chives or chives a thing. All right, I think we should probably stop talking dinner. We're talking to the Germans now. Oh. Excuse me? Is that Germans? <sighs> good God. Why do I feel like you're being Will Ferrell from the producer's re- remake? <laughs> It's been a minute. Is he in that? Yeah. <laughs> I remember Nathan Lane, Matthew Broderick. Will Ferrell plays the German? He plays the guy with the birds. With the pigeons. The guy with the birds. I don't <laughs> remember him. No. <laughs> the guy who wrote who wrote the play? The actual play? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to rewatch that one now. Yes, I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. The guy with the birds. Hey, I... <laughs> That movie's uh, classic. Well, we're not here to talk about that movie. We're here. No, to, we're, we're still on we're, James Gunn. James Gunn, definitely a good news for DC. I, I, I think this was very needed for DC. They needed somebody that understands storytelling and what audiences want, the, not what audiences expect, but what they want, because those are two very different things in my eyes. And he's proven that. He get he's can give us what we want when we don't expect it. When he's given the reins, yes, he's the one who can he, he can do whatever a James Gunn can. It, well, I mean, look what he did with the Scooby Doo movies. Those as much as people rag on those movies, that was our generation. That was our childhood. I don't love the second one, but holy shit, the first one is perfect. The yeah, first the, one's perfect. Yeah, they they were. The first one was you, really good. you guys see the thing going around? It was, uh, tell me two scenes that give off the exact same energy. And it's the Tony Stark at the end of Endgame. And I am Iron Man. And then it's the Scooby-Doo 2. The, who do you think you are? Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Doo. It's the <laughs> same scene. Oh, it no, 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 sorry. It's the Guardians of the Galaxy 2. No, not, not Tony Stark. It's the Guardians 2 where everybody's like getting like, no, 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 it was, it was, they, I've seen, so there's two versions floating around the internet then, okay. because I've seen the Iron Man one, I haven't seen the Guardians one. There's one, they're all getting, like, covered in rock and everything, and Groot's getting smushed by everything, and it's like, who do you think you are? It's like, we're the Guardians of the Galaxy. I know, it's been a minute since I've seen that one, but. Mm. I don't. James Gunn. I don't like the second Guardians that much. Same. There are funny moments, but. Everyone gets a joke in that movie to the point where it's like something needs to be taken seriously here. Not even that. I personally don't think the stakes are that great over like, yeah, they're great. They, they're big stakes, but it ego is my problem with that whole movie. I feel like. He's, a, he's got a little bit of goop on every single planet in the universe, and then they never talk about it again. Kind of like the giant hand sticking out of the Indian Ocean. After Eternals? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they haven't really had time to talk about that in any project, but it has to come up at some point. I could see that as a like a Disney Plus show throwaway line. Like, is anybody going to talk about this? I'm surprised they didn't mention that in She-Hulk. That's like the perfect thing they could have talked about. 
I... I mean, I, I think we've mentioned it before in a world where shit's getting blown up and the world could end at any moment from aliens or extra or extra dimensional beings or whatnot. You probably just don't fucking care anymore. It's just a Tuesday, <laughs> just a Tuesday in the MCU. That's true. <laughs> that's, that's very true. Are you guys going to see Black Adam at any point? I don't know. I know Chanel would like to see it, but. I'm going to just go in there open-minded, not yeah. really expecting a lot. Yeah, I, I genuinely don't know because it sounds really mixed. Like, there's mixed reviews and then there's Black Adam reviews. Like, I'm hearing a lot of great things and then a lot of so-so things. Critics seem to not really like it, but, like, DC fans are saying it goes hard. And I guess there's a cameo at the end that is going to make both of you guys pretty excited. Uh, I've heard. I've heard some of the rumors. I haven't paid any attention to the rumors, so there's that. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give it away, but there's an actor from The Witcher who has said that there's a lot more to come in the DC universe, which with James Gunn at the helm, I'm really excited for what that means. Because uh, I didn't... I, I, I thought for sure he was going to be... Um... Mr. Doom. He still can be. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm just... I, I was kind of ready for him to be done with Superman, I guess. There'd been so much turmoil around it that I, I guess I was kind of just done, if he that could, makes sense. He could probably, like, show cameos here and there, but I feel like... I think right now for him... He's going to be focused head on as playing Victor. Yeah, I know that they're so they're doing. Season three of The Witcher comes out this year. Yep. And I think they're going to do four and five as one. And that's going to kind of be the wrap of it. Yep. Which makes sense for The Witcher. I don't really want this to be a series that they drag on too long and then it just sucks. I would really, really hate that as someone who's such a big fan of the of the property. Yeah, because the games take over where the books end. And I mean, the games aren't canon, but they tell a really good story for after the end of the books. Yeah. So it makes sense to end that show. But I, I, I'm kind of somber, I guess, about him playing Superman. Like, I don't feel excited but i don't i'm not upset by it if that makes sense yeah no that makes sense i loved man of steel like a lot when that movie came out and then the way they treated him in batman versus superman i was like come on you can do better and then in justice league he was just kind of like the you know hey he's alive he's the beats everybody card the card of mcguffin pretty much yeah Yeah. it's i think that's why i'm not I'm kind of meh about it overall. It's just how the DCU has been handled. No, it definitely makes sense. That's really what it is. And that's nothing against any of the actors except Ezra Miller. Fuck Ezra Miller. Who apparently has come back for reshoots on the Flash movie. So they're doubling down on him still being a part of that. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's definitely something that's... That doesn't that just doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, I don't I, I don't think I will give that movie my money. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I'll probably watch like a YouTube video or something at I, most. 
Yeah. I'm in it for the Michael Keaton and the Ben Affleck of it all. But beyond that, I'm not really. I got the show flash and that's good enough for me. I want that movie to fucking flop because of Ezra Miller. Not anyone else. I think everyone else in that is a stellar actor and they deserve their light, their their moment in their roles and whatnot. Fuck Ezra Miller and fuck him even more because he does shady shit in our home state, Vermont, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's very true. I think it's one of those just kind of having to separate the art from the artist kind of things, you know? Yeah. No, they hired a, him a, before he went and did all this crazy shit. So, you know, that's definitely a good point. Separating the art from the artist. I mean, I guess this is why it was probably a good thing. Social media didn't exist in the seventies and eighties. Cause our <laughs> favorite celebrities were fucking children. We're doing the nasty with children. Okay. I was going to say that. I mean, yeah, the way that, the way that yeah, was phrased, I could see why, but yeah, no, I like, Ted Nugent, most of the British invasion bands. Uh, it's disgusting to listen to look back. Oh, anybody from the eighties. Oh my God. You know that there were underage w- girls all over the place on the sunset strip with the hair bands. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. <laughs> you guys think the internet has run its course? I like, should we just like bury it and go back to like writing on paper and sending letters and shit? No, and we will talk about this more off air because that leads into another point of a guest that I want to bring on the show. Okay, I think I know where you're going with that. Yes, because I do not believe the internet has run its course. I believe we're just seeing the next evolution of it, and we will get to that point on possibly the next episode we record together, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. Oh, so scandalous. This is a lot of intrigue. Going back to DC, though, I guess they have made a good turnaround. I guess they're going back and they're getting rid of every Amber Heard scene in Aquaman, too. Yeah, they they are trying to face her out, so to speak. Okay, so, okay, okay. I'm going to call a fucking spade a spade right now. and This is ridiculous. DC, you pick one abuser <laughs> to keep. And then you get rid of the other abuser. You can't have it both ways. I think it's because Ezra Miller is playing the main character of the Flash movie. And it's really hard. Then again, they just kind of like got rid of the whole Batgirl movie. And that's an entire movie. And that character actor did nothing wrong. They shot 90% of Back to the Future with one actor. And then they said it's not working and brought Michael J. Fox in and reshot it. That's back in the day, though. Are you that's fucking back, me? Are you with, fucking kidding me, Joseph? That's. that's <laughs> <laughs> I understood that reference. <laughs> but Amber Heard, I imagine it's got to be easier to just kind of. I mean, I green mean, I screen guess. her out of the movie. I guess. Still not a good look. That's uh, that is my biggest problem is it's not a good look at all. Warner Brothers is still trying to figure their shit out. And I think that's going to be the case for a while. Uh, well, with the with James Gunn taking over, do you have a feeling that it might catch up to the MCU? Because and hear me. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hear me out on this until the MCU gives me that gusto, you know, that what it had for the first three phases. I'm kind of iffy on it right now as a whole. I'll go. 
I feel that because it seems like as excited as I am for everything coming out post Endgame, every trailer has kind of left me with a feeling of like, cool, but it's not Endgame. Like what when Phase Three was was at its peak, every single time a movie was announced or a trailer came out, I was like, oh, oh my god, this is amazing. I haven't really had that sense. Multiverse of Madness had a lot of potential. But, but fell flat on its face. It was what Multiverse of Madness was, and it's some people's favorite Marvel movie. If that's the case, I'm really excited for you. I wish I felt that way. I would have felt that way if Sam Raimi had been given free reign. I think my favorite parts of that movie are the parts that feel like a Sam Raimi film. Like yes. the real spooky out there like, huh. This doesn't feel like a Marvel film, and that works for me. I, this also is a great segue into something else that just came out. Was the, the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania trailer? Yes. Brooksy, you're the one that sent it over to me, to, yeah. to us. I hadn't seen it yet until that and yesterday, actually. I didn't get a chance to watch it. Catherine Newton is gorgeous, by the way. Who's that? That is That, the, I believe, she's portraying... Um, uh, Scott's daughter. Scott's daughter. Yeah, Cassie. thank you. Okay, yeah. the recast of the recast of Cassie. She. Yep. I first came across her in Supernatural, of all things. She plays a recurring character in some of the later seasons. She looks super familiar, but not from that. I think she shows up er early on, before mm. season five. Well, she's Cass's daughter. Oh, I must be thinking of a. The, yeah, a different one, you're, a different yeah. character. You're thinking of a different character. Yeah. She pl she plays the Castiel's well, Jimmy Novak's daughter. Yes, yeah. So, and she's been around for a minute, but hasn't gotten like that big, big, that big break. role. Hasn't got like a Marvel movie something to yeah. do. Yeah. What was the movie that came out a few years ago where it was all they were all teenage girls saying they were going to lose their virginity on prom night that had John Cena in it. Cock blockers. Yeah. She was in that. That movie was hilarious. That it was hilarious. That gave us the John Cena butt chug scene. <laughs> <laughs> I did not watch it, but I did hear about that. It's worth watching once. It's not a movie that has much rewatchability because of it's just ridiculous. It's like American Pie, but so much worse. Oh god. It's oh no. I've never seen John Cena. <laughs> no i'm just kidding um no i've never seen that no one, one but has. i heard it was really funny no one has seen him though i honestly never cared about cena until he showed up as peacemaker in, Emmy, in Emmy the, the suicide squad Emmy no pen. no that's a pencil no, no. <laughs> not the psychic damage that's it. I'm taking it. <laughs> God see. damn it, Corey. What have we done? Uh, let's see. Uh, All I have is puns, man. Oh, fuck. We're, Psychic damage. We're going to get out of character Whoa. creation. He's going to read the fucking first line of the Strahd campaign Five. and go. <laughs> Dawn. <laughs> And go roll for psychic damage. No, like I said, it'll be at times when you have one of you or all of you have very low health. I also have created a new earth elemental. <sighs> fuck you. <laughs> Kindly go fuck yourself. 
I don't know what that means. Don't worry about it. We're fucked. Don't don't worry about it. It's it's gonna be all okay. I I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in danger. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. Very much so. No, but I do have to say this about John Cena. I. Well, excuse me. Um, <laughs> cut that out. But John Cena's acting is pretty much how I expect it. He's good. Yeah, he's very good. He's pretty good. I mean, like, when you when you spend all that time in the WWE, you have to be good at acting. So there's that. That's true. Right. Like you're playing a character the entire time. It's yourself in a way, but it's the characterized version of yourself. So I actually somehow at work had to end up watching the Fast 9. Fuck the Fast and Furious movies after the fourth one, personally. Um, yeah, I'll give it to the fifth one. But I forgot he was in it. And while I think the writing is sloppy in that movie, I think he did a great job with what he was handed. I don't think I've seen that one. I'm working through them right now with Chanel. Just they were all on stop. Just stop after Tokyo Drift. Tokyo. Fuck anybody who hates on Tokyo Drift, by the way. Tokyo Drift is good. It's a good movie. That is my favorite one because it's the only one that keeps cars at the true heart of it after after the first two. That's the one with the fifth brother, right? Han, yeah, yeah, he's in all. He's in all of them. Huh. Yeah, it, I've seen most of the ones after the third one. I can't tell you which one is which. I know The Rock shows up at some point. I think that's in Fast Five. I have seen Hobbs and Shaw because I love me some Jason Statham. Yeah, I mean, Jason Statham's pretty awesome. Yeah. So I, you know, with keeping the DC train rolling with him as Peacemaker. I think that they're okay. Why, why are we on DC still? We were talking about quantum mania and here, let's take with quantum mania. Yeah. I enjoyed the trailer, but like you said, Corey, it doesn't wow me. I I'm in agreement with both of you. Cause when, after I sent it to you, Corey mm-hmm. was you had said to me that, Hey, like, I appreciate you sending me the trailer or it, it, it sounded like this. I can't remember the exact message, but it was thanks for sending me the trailer. But they don't have the same luster as they did in phase three. They and they don't they they don't. After watching it, I was like. All right, well, I'm definitely going to watch this. But again, like Corey said, I'm not like amazed by it no i mean i i i'm excited to see kang i'm excited to see kang in his full kangness it looks like a full kangness don't fucking judge me okay (laughs) it looks like a fun movie i mean all the ant-mans have been so far it looks like a lot of fun but that being said i'm not wowed i like you said it, the Multiverse of Madness trailer was more wowing, but that movie is meh at most. The more I learn about the Multiverse of Madness and like what happened in the writing and they kind of threw out the original script that they had and then rewrote it so that Wanda was like straight up the villain. I don't know. I feel like it could have been great. Eh, it's fine. Like all of phase four has been like they're good movies 
but they don't feel like they have the same punch. Actually, hold on. We have Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi has the only Sh- only one that has had the punch. Shang-Chi is like in a class of its own. That felt like a phase three movie. Yeah, it did. Without a doubt. There's no argument there. It, and so with Quantumania, just. I just don't feel anything is that that I, I feel nothing. I don't get excited. I don't feel dismayed. Oh, it doesn't look good. It just I don't feel anything towards the trailer. That's kind of been all the Ant-Man films. Ant-Man 1 was really nice. It's a fun little departure from what we had in phase. What was that? That was after Age of Ultron. So phase two, everything we'd had up until then, it felt like a cool, nice little palate cleanser after a big Avenger thing. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp happens after Infinity War. There was nothing that they could have done with that movie that would be like, wow, after Infinity War, that was amazing. And then this one kind of feels like, okay, this is going to be the Kang setup. Maybe we'll get a couple of like quantum realms. This will come into play like four movies from now or in the Avengers something. But it just it doesn't have that Wakanda forever looks amazing. I'm ready for that. How weird would this be, though? And it wouldn't be completely out of left field where Wakanda forever looks amazing, but is the worst of the two movies. And then then Quantumania. And I'm not saying that to shit on anything about those movies because I want it to be amazing. I really do. But there's just something that I'm not sure about. Going back and watching some like Black Panther stuff, some retrospectives, Chadwick Boseman made that movie for me. It's true. It's true. He he played the role perfectly. Like very well done. He he brought T'Challa to life, like into the real world. And it's it's definitely. They're going to have to really step it up, I feel like, with Wakanda forever to fill that to fill that big hole that he that he left. Now that I'm saying all the other actors and actresses aren't you know, aren't good. I'm just saying they, that's, that's a big hole to fill. So he gave that role, his everything. Cause he yes. knew it was going to be the last thing he, the lasting impact he left on the film industry. And that's not to say anything. Cause I think him, he played a great Jackie Robinson in 42, Yeah, but that he knew he, it, he the end was near and he gave that everything. Yeah. He got to be kind of like a symbol for people who had never seen like a black superhero before brought onto the screen, like with that much presence. Yeah, he got it. He, he when he was on camera, he commanded the entire your entire attention. That's very hard to do. I think if only. Honestly, as much as I think Chris Evans was a great Steve Rogers and great Captain America, I don't think he commanded my presence like commanded me to to look at him on screen. Yeah. If that makes sense. I very much am linking Chadwick Boseman to the same level as Robert Downey Jr. Because they, when they're on screen, all eyes are on them and they knew yep. it. Yep. I, I agree. Yeah. I definitely agree. Yeah. They have that. They have that very alpha mentality. I'm really hoping that they use his absence as a big plot point in the movie. And that looks like where they're going. Yeah. I, I think that's, yeah, it definitely seems like that they're setting that up for sure. But I don't know where we're going with quantum mania. That's my concern. Like I, it, it's going to have to set up a lot. 
It is because Kang's supposedly the next big, big bat. And it has to set up a lot. And think about it for Marvel to just throw Kang out there twice in more than just a end credit scene role uh, is amazing. And it, it, it honestly terrifies me more because with Thanos, we had glimpses and that was it until he came on screen in infinity war. It seems like he's very much going to be like the Thanos was the behind the scenes, bad guy guardians. Yeah. You know what I meant? But even then it was still just short snippets. So he's in charge, you know, Loki ends up being the bad guy of the first Avengers that brings them together. And then, you know, Thanos comes on and kills Loki in the first like three seconds of infinity war. His first appearance you get that feel of like, oh, this is the big bad. Mm-hmm. Now they're starting off this multiverse saga. I mean, we're already what? How many films has it been? Since? I don't even want to think about it. Uh, at least like six or seven that we've had so far. Yeah. And now we're just starting to get to this guy. And I'm like, is he going to be scary? How does this work? Are we going to meet? Especially like, when he variants? as he was who remains was a very different role than what's being portrayed on in this already you can just tell yeah and i i i, I absolutely love that and it, uh, what's the actor's name i jonathan I, majors i believe yes and cre- kudos to him for in the trailer and his little bit of time in loki portraying the quote-unquote same character in very different ways yeah very much how we praised oscar isaacs for playing the, the roles that he played in Moon he, he just got awards for Moon Knight. I can't remember what the awards were, but he just got like best actor in a TV series award for Moon Knight, which as he should. Yeah, he absolutely should. The the work he had to put in to portray those to portray Stephen and Mark. It was in Moon Knight and I just and Jake all in one. Like, yeah, it was so good. I cannot plug this YouTube series enough. It's called. Uh, oh, no, I'm forgetting. Uh, uh, cinema therapy, cinema. Yeah. Cinema therapy. You've told me to watch this several times and I just haven't gotten around to it. They just dropped an episode. It's uh, two series of episodes. One of them is how to, um, improperly display DID in film. And they talk about the movie split and then they do how to properly talk about DID and they go through like the layers of how perfect almost said Poe Dameron Oscar Isaacs plays (laughs) everything about that character. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can't recommend it enough. No, you can't. There's so much there. Mm. And then we got another Marvel reveal. Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. I didn't watch the trailer to this. You sent it to me and I haven't had time. So it looks I was like, okay, is it going to be like Star Wars? Yeah. Star Wars holiday special kind of thing. It actually looks really good. Yeah, I watched I watched it. It does look really good. And I like like James Gunn again, right? They filmed it at the same time as filming Guardians 3. So it is going to be canon it's going to tie in and it's going to have hopefully implications moving forward makes sense makes sense the i think we need to that's kind of it for marvel stuff lately right yeah just about they did some secret invasion stuff we're getting some hints about that but for the most part it seems like movies are what they're pushing right now now that she hulk's done yep which makes sense now that everything's open back up they can really focus on the big blockbuster stuff again yeah for sure. Um, let's move over to Lucasfilm real quick because there was a, a. It was come out that Kathleen Kennedy has been told by Disney to 
stop announcing projects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was told that. Sorry, I didn't mean to kick you. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why does this make me so happy? Because they should probably stop announcing things that they're not going to talk about or may not even end up becoming things. So... I know we talked about it. I, Brooksy, I think you and I definitely did. I know we might have talked about it here on the show, too. Like the Rogue Squadron, as much as it wasn't in, uh, that getting canceled or postponed indefinitely, quote unquote. I was bothered by that. It was a movie I didn't know I needed, but I, when it when it was announced that it was canceled. Can you stop yawning for fuck's sake? Are we boring you? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, he's been quiet this whole time and I'm getting mad about it. The frustration is visible on my face. It's, it's just really upset about Rogue Squadron. <laughs> Did I do something wrong? I don't know. Yeah, you haven't talked at all. Say something. I'm, I'm giving, giving up on you. you. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the video rolling, Brooksy. It makes me feel bad. <laughs> well, okay. Anyway, um, the rogue, her being removed from, or I should say being told by Disney that to not, you know, yeah, you can't announce projects anymore. I think it's a good call because in the, in the end, what they were doing is to be like, oh, this is coming out. This is coming out. And then a the few months later, no, we can't do that. This is canceled. This is canceled. It's just like, let's, I feel like they're like, let's get it at this percentage completed. Then we can release it and then you can announce it. Or I think the other possibility to this too is, was it Patty Jenkins who was supposed to direct Rogue Squadron? Yes. So... The other possibility is how about you shut the fuck up until we at least get a director lined up is don't announce that this movie is going to be done by so-and-so and then they can't do it is really what it, I feel like is happening. Honestly, it's just annoying because I was looking forward to it in a way I didn't realize I was. I feel like she was trying to take a page out of the Marvel thing and be like, look at all these things we have coming and you know. I've been saying it for a while. I think Star Wars is going to live on TV for the foreseeable future. And that's fine. And that's absolutely fine. But I think the big issue here is she doesn't know how to make a plan. I think she's, yeah. I think what she's done until recently is she gets these projects at like 10, 20% complete. And then she just announces them. And she gets overexcited, which then gets us overexcited. And then she doesn't have a backup and then they have to drop them. As much as I've talked about the sequel trilogy and how I dislike it at length, I think this is the. The effect of of all the backlash from it, and. She was probably this whole time kind of in hot water. You need to make something happen. You need to make it so that the fans enjoy the the property again. You need to give them something. And so she was basically just throwing spaghetti at the wall, trying to get something to stick. Yeah. Which, and thus, a lot of it hasn't really worked from what she's done, per se. 
when you got to let your spaghetti boil before it's going to stick. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You got to let the movies actually be made, get in the process, drop a trailer, as opposed to just... And guess what? Taika Waititi's got a movie. Well, turns out. And Ryan Johnson's getting three movies. Well, what? as a matter of fact, no. Uh, yeah. It, the Acolyte. We have we know nothing about the Acolyte. Yeah, there's been no information on that. And, and also, Kevin Feige was supposed to get a Star Wars movie. He was supposed to get one that he was supposed to direct. And that nothing on that. Rumor has it it's still going. They just start keeping about it. Mm. Which, with everything he's got going on in Marvel right now, how would he have time to direct a Star Wars? That's definitely understandable. Oh, it's a hundred percent understandable. I, I, they, that one. I remember seeing people excited that oh, Kevin Feige is supposed to direct a Star Wars movie in like twenty twenty six or something. What? Yeah. What? How? How? Like, why are we announcing stuff this far out, and with no plan to, with no plan to get there? Yeah. And it's 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 far ahead. So who knows what kind of Marvel projects he'll have set up at that point. I will say that I am excited for Star Wars on TV. I really am. Everything that's come out recently has been, in my opinion, great. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's everything that's come out has been really good. Slow to build, but it's been good. Andor has been surprisingly good for me. I mean, I was really excited for it, but every episode has like this level of intrigue and just like it feels like it's not reliant on, oh, here comes the laser sword wielding, you know, magic user. It's people. What is the actor's name who plays Cassian Andor? I have no <sighs> idea. I'm going to remember in 30 seconds. Go on. What about anywho? Him? I've been seeing people talk about how they think he's the weakest part of the entire show. And I'm like, yeah, Corey, your face. Exactly. Exactly. That face. Yeah, I got, I, I have to Google it. It's literally on the tip of my tongue. He's an amazing actor. I love Diego Luna. Sorry. Yeah. He's, I think he's playing a fantastic Cassian Andor. Oh my God. Why did I stutter? Cassian Andor. There we go. I think he's fantastic because we're seeing his journey from just some punk on the streets, basically, to the, being a rebel. Yeah. And this is without me seeing the latest episode because work yesterday made it so I couldn't see it. But I love it. Even in um, episode seven, it was really good seeing him get arrested at the end of that and knowing that's how he gets disillusioned with everything going on. And maybe the rebels are right. That's. I think it's so funny. Yeah, we can totally talk about episode seven, right? All three of it. Yeah. Yeah. I I just haven't seen eight. I haven't seen eight because I was at work. It's it's interesting that they say when he's getting sentenced at the end of that episode that, oh, this used to be just like a six months thing. A six month, you know. Whoops. Now, yeah, now it's a six year thing. Directly because of the operation at Aldani that he took place in. So in a way, yeah, he got the credits and everything and he's trying to like live free. But now he's arrested for something he didn't even do. What is the dude's name, the art dealer? What is his name? Luthen. Thank Luthen. you. Thank you. Stellan Skarsgård. Uh, yes. I love what Luthen said to Mon Mothma in that episode. This is exactly what, we, what you wanted. This is what was needed. They're in Mon Mothma's like, they're going to get ramp everything up. He goes, that's what we need them to yeah, do. Yeah, he says that we wanted, we wanted them to apply pressure. 
is if we apply pressure, people are, are under that pressure are going to start to rise up. It was I think like the, the analogy he used was they've slowly been choking us subtly for years. And now this is going to prove that. Right. Yeah. Like nobody's really noticing and wanting to do anything about it because it's happening at such a slow, steady rate. He's like, we need the people to notice like, hey, this is the kind of like practically martial law that the Empire is going to put down on the galaxy. Yeah. And it honestly highlights how big the galaxy is and how different areas feel the full wrath of the Empire, because in Obi-Wan, we're what? Obi-Wan was five years before this. Yes, because it had been. Yeah, it's about 10 years before uh, zero BBY. 10 years. Leia was about 10, so it would be about 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, but I'm saying Andor is about five years after. Five years after, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's my point. So it shows you that there's pockets of the galaxy that have been getting the full force of the Empire at certain times, but not on a large enough scale for everyone to feel how negative the Empire really is. Yeah, but I feel like with the parts that have been hit harder, they've been influenced by vader or probably grand moff tarkin i i the the parts that have been hit harder are the ones that have most openly like you said been involved with vader or some form of a rebellion yes and i go i say that because those are probably systems that were probably members of the cis Yes. So they were probably, you know, Palpatine's like, hey, they're a problem. You need to deal with it. Or, hey, there's a potential rumor of a Jedi being in this system. You need to go take care of it. Well, it also highlights the difference between ISB, the Inquisitors, like how organized the Empire is, but also how not fractured, but cellular. But because, again, yeah, you got you have Inquisitors over here and you've got ISB over here. Then you've got the Imperial army up here. So you've got all these different aspects that, yeah. and they're not wanting to work together. They're staying so compartmentalized until Cassian and the group at Eldani kind of force them to come together. And that's where you see, you know, more stormtroopers throughout the galaxy. And yep. they're starting to, like Leia says, tighten their grasp. More star systems start to slip. Yeah. Yeah. Like the people on, um, Ferrix, that planet, you see, they kind of just like went along with it. So the Empire basically just left them alone. Like, yeah, you guys are kind of like in a shitty situation, but you're not actively rebelling. So we're just going to. And then Aunt Petunia herself basically says, no, we're getting ready to rebel. Yeah, we're 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 joining the rebellion. And Cassian's like, I'm not doing that. I'm I'm going to go party in space Miami and then get arrested by Sam Witwer is the voice of the short trooper that arrests him at the end. Oh my god, what? I didn't realize that. Yep, our our own Darth Maul, Starkiller, how many the son of Mortis. Oh fuck. Also voices Palpatine in Force Unleashed. Yes. Wow, goodness gracious. Ooh, do we want to talk about Tales of the Jedi while we're on Star Wars right now? That's what I was saying. We're gonna get to episode eight in our next episode, and that'll be eight, nine, and ten when we talk about that, right? If we do Yeah, it should be eight, nine, and ten. Are we recording in Two weeks. Not next week. Oh, yeah. Two weeks. So we'll be almost near the finale. Yeah, which will be a great place to end, I think, because we'll record our finale episode the day after the finale releases. 
and then by then black it, panther should be out too so, so we, we're in a good place uh, content wise with uh nerdy stuff guys i like it uh, as a fan this is this is a good place to be um yeah so tales of the fucking jedi guys we watched the first five four episodes? four four episodes because you guys didn't watch the last two I, I have seen the very last one Yes, the very last one has a lot of tidbits about what happens in the book. Yes. And then the fifth episode is a lot of... I don't want to say it because I don't want to spoil it for you. I appreciate that. Yeah, my girlfriend is just going through the Clone Wars now, so I don't want to spoil who lives and who doesn't yet. So Fair enough. I appreciate you letting me know that episode five was going to have a little bit of... Yeah, there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of like uh, changes based upon like look... And it's 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 good and it sets up a lot of what happens throughout Clone Wars, in my opinion. Ooh, okay. yes, I'm it's intrigued. it's a simple episode and that's as much as I'm going to say on that. No, but the first episode started great, although I thought I was watching Ice Age, guys. I expected to I swear, swap to, I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. so cute. She's oh adorable. The, she's, she's adorable, <laughs> but the fact that I believe it was you or it was Ari that it was, was like, who's this Ice Age movie? I'm like, he's, he's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, he's my so God. Right. And that fucking, like, saber-toothed fucking tiger comes on uh, screen. I was like... Oh my God, guys, it's, look, it's, it's Diego. Diego. Oh my God. <laughs> he said that, I'm like, he's so right. I watched it yesterday. I was like, why do I get the feeling this is familiar? And he says it this evening, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there it is. That's what it was. And then the lion runs off with baby Ahsoka, just like in Ice Age. Just kind of carrying her, and she's just like, huh, this is weird, this, but okay. I don't know what's going on, but I'm having fun. <laughs> Dude, little baby Ahsoka is so yeah. cute. I would literally punt Grogu off of a fucking cliff <laughs> if I had to choose between that baby and little baby Ahsoka. Oh my god. What's worse is the fact that the species has a football-sized head. <laughs> little Stewie Arnold baby. That's what I'm Stewie. saying. That's what I'm saying. All I can think of is just Helga from Hey Football Head for Faye Arnold. <laughs> Spike Grogu into a cement ground just oh to save god. Baby Ahsoka. Oh my god, that's a fucking dark. That's bro. so bad. I don't care. She's so cute. I don't care. Corey's out here gonna commit infant infanticide. Infanticide. Oh he's like fifty. It's only a baby relatively. Yeah, no, you know, he, he got in there, but still, that's that's dark. But but <laughs> but was she eating blue macaroons? Huh? Yeah. Was was baby Ahsoka eating blue macaroons? <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, but she had the little Simba thing on her forehead, Simba and that was cute. Ahsoka, <laughs> and her mom's a badass too. Yeah, uh, I didn't the fact that she just tea. the fact that she stood up to the saber tooth tiger, tiger, and was just like, oh! I'm like, holy smokes, damn. Well, that's how you do it, you know? No, you gotta... You know, Even its face was just like, oh, shit. Wait, I'm bigger than you, what? Hold <laughs> up, wait, I'm bigger than you, what are you doing? Oh, my God. 
And then we moved into episode two, which was all about Count Dooku and young Qui-Gon. And shit, I thought I was back in Ice Age because Qui-Gon looks like the kid's dad from Ice Age. Oh, <laughs> teenage Qui-Gon Jin. Oh. I don't know why that was a Carl Weezer there. <laughs> <laughs> Qui-Gon Jin in the dark side of the force. Are you going to finish that croissant? Are you going to finish that Qui-Gon? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> went from no. went from no. punting Grogu to Car- Carl Weezer. <laughs> <laughs> but what about Ultra Lord? Oh Sheen! <laughs> oh no! Ah, Carl! <laughs> oh Sheen! Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> This is this is Fowler. Oh, dude, I was like this year years old when I realized what Mrs. Fowler name was name meant, and she was all bird like. I was like today years old, basically. It just makes that <laughs> so much funnier. <laughs> so fucked up, bro. She's, she's the bird. Oh my god! You guys think that sometimes in the right light. Miss Fowl looks kinda. (laughs) He never finishes what he's saying. Every time he goes to say something like that, it just gets interrupted. It's like Professor Calamitous. Professor, um, um, uh, they um, call me half done and never finish. (laughs) Which might have been quite good nicknames if you ask me. (laughs) (laughs) We have taking a test. Oh yeah, simple. I'll just get everything wrong. your A's and B's are a thing of the past. Name the planets. Farkulp, Gub Gub. Oh my fucking God. And then Professor, you know, there's uh, General Abercrombie when they all get superpowers, the end men. And there's like that Carl burps in his face and it just explodes. Oh my God. He's like, sweet mother load of jelly bean. How the, f- how, how the fuck did we end up on Jimmy Neutron? Well, it's a very logical. Corey decided to talk like Carl Weezer. That's how. We were just talking Tales of the Jedi. (laughs) Count Dooku has nothing to do with Carl Weezer. The Ultra Lord of the Sith. I fucking hate you. (laughs) Psychic damage. Write it down. Write it down. I'll take that one happily. Yeah, I'm writing it down. That's six. That's number six. Ladies Quick, and write gentlemen, that down, write that down. Ladies and gentlemen, this look that Corey always mentions is the one that I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Do, 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 do. I'm a pain in the ass. But yeah, Dooku and his Padawan, Qui-Gon Jinn, are sent to a planet whose name I can't remember. It's uh, a, a senator's son was kidnapped by a local village, and it, this was the first this whole episode was the first step on Dooku being disillusioned with the Senate and the Jedi. And I've never seen a happier captive. That kid was just like, damn, I didn't realize they were living like this. Well, I mean, I'm glad I was kidnapped. It's justified. And look around you. There's pretty much everything's barren, gray and grim. People are sick and hungry. He he basically went, my dad fucking sucks at his job. Like, fuck my dad, man. And then the comment that you made about him 
the, the son making the whole like I'm disappointed in you to his own father. Oh my yeah, at the god! End. At the end of that episode, his dad's like staring off into spit at uh, 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 the side of the speeder, like the kid who just got picked up from the principal's office, and his son just stares at him like "fuck you, man." Yeah, <laughs> like this is on you. You you messed this whole planet up. But you saw that what must have been the first time that Dooku. T- goes a little dark side in that episode. It, it's gotta be. I it, mean, it's he's, gotta be. He's fairly young, so at this point, he's. I'm sure he's probably had mixed feelings, but seeing it like face to face on an actual planet for with a mission with his Padawan, I'm sure he's like, yeah, this 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 isn't right. This is wrong, dude. It was it was it was good. It was really. good good because we know this is that qui-gon is his second padawan yes we know that he had a padawan previous to qui-gon rail alvaros i think rail alvaros real alvaros yeah yes so who gets you know he he touches the dark side a little bit now and again and then he goes off and does his own thing yeah right 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 yeah the council ordered him to and that's referenced in master and apprentice the novel by claudia gray fantastic read anything claudia gray writes star wars is worth the read hands down every 100%. time yep every time um so he's been a jedi master for a, a little while now at right. this stage because he had qui-gon since he was a young boy and this is Obviously, Qui-Gon, who looks like he's coming towards the tail end of his apprenticeship. He's yeah. starting to get a little stubble. He looks a little older. Yeah, he did. It did not look like it was the first time he'd seen Dooku slip a little bit. He was like a little concerned, but also like, well, oh was, shit, let me. It was cool to watch Dooku slip because he slipped for the right reasons. He watched the senator command his armed guard to fire upon this village because he didn't understand why what was going on with his son, even though there was two Jedi right there saying, you don't have the full story. Your son is perfectly fine. We're here investigating. And the Senator's like, no, fucking arrest him or I'm going to take care of it myself. And Dooku snapped when he saw the villagers gunned down. Yeah. He's like, all right, screw this. Literally chokes out the Senator with a for with the force turns around because Qui-Gon's trying to intervene and force pushes him back saying don't fucking intervene and he just goes after the senator and his guards yeah and the only thing that stops him is qui-gon thinking on his feet and releasing his son so his son can intervene in it and like you said it's obviously not the first time qui-gon's witnessed him do something a little dark side because he kind of just knew what to do and i love that qui-gon kind of like he doesn't he doesn't confront dooku about it at least not in that moment then but he's just kind of like all right i guess this will be our kind of like little secret kind of thing is what it seemed like i think i think it's more of a qui-gon understanding like like it's not it's not the jedi way but i could i'm sure deep down he's like i understand why you're angry because these people are hurt they're sick they're dying and you have a powerful senator who's you know beating them down into the ground just to get rich Exactly. And so what's cool about it, too, is like we had just mentioned, it's not the first time he'd seen this and it's not like he didn't chastise Dooku for it. That being the Jedi thing, it shows that this is kind of Qui-Gon realizing, starting to understand that there is a will to the force. And this is probably the force's will to do the right thing. Yes. Yes. Because that's how Qui-Gon, that's Mm -hmm. how he 
he he lives by the living force, not right. the cosmic force, which is what we see Jedi manipulate when they use the force. He's he goes by the living force and what he feels through from it coming from the force. Yes. I wonder if they're looking into prophecies yet at this point. I would probably believe so. Could be believe it because this is after the the Qui Gon we see in this is not is an older Qui Gon than what we get in the flashbacks in Master and Apprentice. It feels like so. So they've probably been looking into like all that stuff. So there's that trust there. Yeah, there's without there, a doubt, without yeah. an app, without a doubt, and then it, I love the line where Qui Gon's like, "I was just thinking on my feet." And that's how he operates. And and then Dooku goes, then you're a wiser man than I, Qui-Gon Jinn. And I love that line. Like, I have goosebumps right now thinking about it because Qui-Gon was probably truly as wise as Master Yoda. Yeah. Without the years. I would say. I I stand by that Qui-Gon was probably what, the Jedi should have been all along. I believe that to be the case. I believe that as well, that the, that Qui-Gon Jinn represents what the Jedi are supposed to be. Whereas Obi-Wan, his apprentice represents what the ideal Jedi is to the Jedi, what the Jedi want to be. Yes. yes. And I think that's also kind of showcased in the next episode. Cause Mace Windu kind of end, ends up being what Obi-Wan would have been had he not been under the tutelage of Qui-Gon and, and, and also had his experiences with Anakin. Okay. Okay. We're going to jump into this next episode. We're going to jump into this next episode. Are you ready for this fucking hot take? Yeah, I already, I already know. what's uh, fuck, qu- fuck him. Fuck Mace Windu. He is a piece of absolute shit. I will. I have no desire to ever see anything with Mace Windu again. Fuck you. You fucked up Anakin. It's the first thing we saw. You fucked up Ahsoka. And you also fucked up Dooku in the past. Get fucked. You are a literal piece of shit. You do not deserve to be a fucking Jedi Knight nor a a council member. And he literally is on the like just on the cusp of the dark side. Always. He's trying to live by these like what a Jedi should be. But his fighting style is literally channels the dark side. Yeah. Channels the dark side of the other person. And turns it back on them, bringing him close to the edge of the dark side. Dude, I hate Mace Windu. Like, I strongly disliked him. Strongly disliked him. After probably Clone Wars is when I really started to dislike him. But now I fucking hate him. The moment he called Ahsoka citizen, I was just like, oh, yeah. Next yeah. time I watch you get thrown out of a window, I'm going to cheer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cheer. And I'm going to punt Grogu yeah. off next to you. Please, <laughs> please. Yeah. But the whole mission on in the in the second episode was. They were supposed to go retrieve a Jedi master's body who was ambushed. Well. Dooku thinks there's something more to it than that and he basically does his own investigation even though he wasn't ordered to and realizes that no not not everything's what it seems and uh, the senator gets killed that they're with by his guards and the whole reason is because the again a fat fucking senator is going to sell off parts of this beautiful planet just to make himself rich and the people weren't going to have it and that's why Jedi Master Katari is her name. Yep, I believe so. And gets gunned down by them. And 
Dooku gets the information after dealing with the guards and after they shot the senator and they tried to kill him in Mace. And they he gets the information. It flashes forward to him talking to them in a prison cell. I, while I don't agree with your methods, I understand your point, basically, is what he says. You're yeah. Right. And then it flashes forward to them bringing Master Katari's body back. And it comes out that Mace is being put on the council. And Mace basically says, we had a mission. You went outside of that mission scope. So, of course, they gave it to me. And I can see the disillusionment of Dooku in that, like, yes, he exceeded the mandate of the mission. But he rooted out, like, literally... Was it corporate espionage? What, what would you would you call that? No, that's just straight espionage. It's he rooted out like there was there was like deception and everything in there. Yeah, dude, I'm so, uh, dude. I uh, that 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 episode. I will never. I never want to see Mace Windu on the screen again. I <laughs> I fucking am glad he is dead. You just just the fact that you were like getting so heated after the <laughs> second episode when we watched it with with Dooku's story. I'm just like. Wow. Damn. Well, it's weird they make you like Dooku more than Windu in well, this be, series of episodes. Well, like, and it's like you said, and especially when we when we start talking about episode three of the Dooku arc, yeah. Of the Dooku arc, he's very similar to the same things that Anakin went through in the delusionment of the Jedi. And and the Republic. And the Republic. So you watch you watch this, and before we've watched Anakin, you you Compare notes, and it's just like what they did it was justified. Them being angry and upset with the Jedi Order, they have every right to be upset with the Jedi Order. The Jedi are not what they were meant to be, and that's repeated multiple times. The Jedi are shills of the Senate. They, yes. as, you claim to be about peace and justice, but you're all about law and order. Yeah, and, and for the high, for the rich of the Senate. Yeah, they're very much in league with the Republic to the point where they're not operating on their own as their own investigators. They, they even mention in the show, "You work for the Senate, therefore yeah, and, you work for me." And Dooku ha- tries to sit there and say, "No, we work for the people of the Republic," and that's his thing. Is he realizes that no, the Jedi are not working for the people of the Republic anymore, and we've through stories that are canon and not canon. That's been kind of breadcrumbed in there that, you know, he was disillusioned with the the Jedi and how they served the Senate. Yeah. I, I can think of a specific Anakin and Obi-Wan comic where Anakin goes through almost the exact same thing. He's like, these people need help. Master Obi-Wan, why aren't we helping them? And it's like, well, the Senate won't let us help. So we have to find our own little tricky ways to get that to happen. But we can't directly intervene. No. It, 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 so... Dooku, Tales of the Jedi makes Dooku one of the most, another tragic character in Star Wars, almost as tragic as Anakin. Yeah. I mean, Anakin and Obi-Wan both go through more personal loss, in my opinion, but their arcs are tragic. Yeah. Just my hot take on it. No, it's, it's very accurate. And then... The fourth episode of the Dooku arc, or third episode. It's third episode. Fourth fourth episode of Tales Tales of the Jedi. Jedi. Um... Is Dooku's turn. It is Dooku's turn to the dark side. That whole episode, it starts off with him going into the Jedi archives and deleting Kamino from the archives. By which using, nice. yes, which was cool because we got we got to see, you know, what was done 
the fact that he used Saifu Diaz's access yes. and name to delete it, you know, and then a little jumping ahead a little bit, we do say that, you know, Saifu Diaz, the clones, all of this, you know, it's, we're getting what, I mean, we've seen bits and pieces of it in the Clone Wars series, but we're seeing how he did it. We're seeing what he did to take those steps. Well, what I liked about episode four too, is that it takes place in and around Phantom Menace. Yes. Yep. It wasn't clear up until this when Dooku left the order and when Qui-Gon died. The fact that he has an interaction with Qui-Gon, like in that period of time After between giving- when Anakin has been brought to the temple and before they go back to Naboo, that like my heart hurts knowing that there was an interaction and Qui-Gon speaks highly of Obi-Wan. So in Attack of the Clones, when yeah. he goes like, Qui-Gon spoke very highly of you, yeah. like literally the day you die. Yeah, <laughs> it, the whole thing is rough, honestly, because Dooku. Fuck Mace Windu. Dooku is Dooku is a better character than Mace Windu. Yeah. Oh God. Fuck. Yeah. No, I can agree with you. I can imagine what would happen if he said no. I would have been like, uh. Dooku has layers. Fight. He really does. You see, he is struggling in that moment. He goes to Palpatine, who voiced by as much as I love Sam Witwer doing the voice of Count Dooku to have Ian McDermott back doing the Emperor Palpatine voice. You mean Sam Witwer doing Palpatine? Yeah, what did I say? You said uh, Count Dooku. Oh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, you know what I mean? What we're doing. But not only, no, that, not only that, having Liam Neeson voice Qui-Gon in that yes. episode. Oh, oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Having them having them both back, both portray their characters was it was perfect. Perfect. I imagine like the same day that they showed up to do the Obi-Wan cameos. They were just like, hey, you want to step into this side studio and just do some ADR real quick? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, they probably did at that point. Oh, yeah. And then I love the interaction, too, because Yaddle's involved in the interaction. Yeah. And we don't ever get a lot on Yaddle other than she's the only other species of Yodas at that time that we know about before Grogu is introduced. And and it's a brief moment on screen. She's in episode one for a second in the council scene, and then she's gone by episode two. Yeah. And she can sense something's up with Dooku the entire time. And she just gets this feeling that when she sees Dooku out by the tree on the Jedi temple. Yep. And he goes, Qui-Gon was obsessed with this tree. I used to bring him here all the time when he was a boy. And this is as she's trying to convince him to go to the funeral on Naboo. Right. Which is even more tragic because he's mourning the loss of Qui-Gon and, but he won't, he's not going to be there at the funeral. And by him not being there that sparks a lot in their conversation she's like something's up and she follows dooku and dooku goes to the industrial sector of coruscant where he meets up with palps and yaddle follows him in and palps is basically like oh you betrayed me and he's like no i haven't and he's like all right prove it kill her kill the bitch but but i want to go back a little bit we see we see a lot of it happen in the Clone Wars series, but the fact that he's like, do you? He's 
Dooku says, do you not trust me or do you question my loyalty? And Palpatine's like, always. Yeah. That yeah. right there, that right there was perfect because we see it in the Clone Wars time and again. And he also says something, too, when he was telling him, he's like, I can't believe you let Maul kill Qui-Gon. He could have been a powerful ally. Palpatine goes, for you. Yes. Yes. Which, you know, we know for a fact that, like you had said, Corey, that this was right around the time he had become Chancellor. So, judging by based, based on the time of day that was, I'm going to go on a limb and say that Palpatine was very well getting ready to kill Plagueis that evening. He would... If that's still canon, he yeah. was probably on his way to Qui-Gon's funeral, which hurts even more. Yeah. Yes. To see him come off the fucking the ship all smiling and like trying to be. Pal Chancellor Palpatine. Yes. Oh, dude, it's fucking it shows you how good Palpatine was as a villain, although he should never come back again. But that's another point. No, I agree. Somehow Palpatine returned <laughs> again, again, <laughs> again. But yeah, just seeing and. Like you were saying with um, Qui-Gon saying like, uh, sorry, Maul Dooku saying that Qui-Gon did, <laughs> did die. There's so many names. Uh, there's a lot of names. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. And that kind of broke my heart because it was Dooku was really, really on the fence the entire time. He didn't want to kill Yaddle. No, but, he didn't. But with Palpatine right there and the only way to solidify change in the galaxy in his point of view was to get rid of Yaddle. Yes. And I love how you think that when he closes the door on her, literally he shuts out the light yes. in that scene. So their yeah, use of lighting like, in that episode it, it, throughout all of Dooku's episodes, it, it shows it it's like the difference of Dooku turning towards the darkness and another Jedi turning towards the light it, throughout the entire series. And it, if you noticed it, I, I noticed it every time he turns toward the darkness, the darkness gets darker. Yes. Yeah. Especially when they're in the temple. And it's him and Yaddle walking the opposite way. Oh, yeah. That was a beautiful that was, shot. The symbolism in Tales of the Jedi, it, it's very well done. Uh, it's unbelievable. And I loved it. It, made, it gave the Dooku arc that we absolutely needed. And it's good because I, did, I personally don't know much about him, but I got to see a lot of the behind the scenes and a lot of questions were answered, in my opinion. And I was like... It all makes sense now. But it's not only like you said that you thought that when the door drops, that kills Yaddle. No, she comes back in and he's like, no, I have to kill you. And just fucking point blank. She's unarmed, defenseless. And he just ends her. Yeah, I like that because it left it a little open ended. If she just got squished, like maybe she made it out the other side of the door or whatever. No, they have that little moment where there's another sliver of light sliver of hope maybe he won't do it and then you see like the smoke rising from her body afterwards yeah in the far off and it just solidifies so that good. like so good this is where dooku becomes darth tyrannus this is his anakin cutting off mace windu's hand yep. moment the best thing that i did notice um after watching it twice is if you pay attention to Palpatine's eyes when he's conversing with Dooku, his eyes are blue. After he kills Yaddle, his eyes change to the typical Sith yellow. And that's a good, and that's symbolism in my opinion, because it shows that, okay, now I have a new tool to use. 
for the next stage of my plan. Which it's is so good, dude. I it, mean, it, like, it's, the, it's perfect. The, the storytelling through <clears throat> the imagery is unbelievable. And it shows that like Palpatine's turnaround on apprentices is like lightning fast. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, well, Maul's actually, dead within the hour. He's got a new apprentice already. Kinda. Oh, he, he he had a new apprentice when before Maul died. Basically, he was using he knew Maul was going to die that whole time. He was already setting in motion his plan to use <laughs> Dooku. Yes. Yes. And, and I know this is more again, more in the Plagueis book. So it, it hasn't been like confirmed, but Plagueis saw Maul as a tool, nothing more. And Palpatine thought the same thing. You're just a tool, nothing more. Well, and like it how- wasn't and it wasn't until Anakin basically was revealed that he didn't he was gonna probably just roll with Dooku and be able to do it all himself with Dooku as his apprentice. But then Anakin was revealed and he and you're just like, nope, fuck that. I'm gonna set a plan in motion because this guy's now expendable. Yep. When do you think Palpatine officially was just like, oh, Anakin, he says, like, we'll watch your career with great interest. But when do you think Palpatine found out, like, oh, that's the chosen one? Be, oh, okay. Well, I, I want him on my so team. So here's my take on this. He knew the moment they first arrived in Coruscant because they brought, because he's a senator from Naboo and they're bringing the queen of Naboo. And obviously shit's going to get reported to him that the, oh, they, we picked up a, a stray on Tatooine and they're bringing him before the Jedi Council. So do you, so that could have been like any old regular, yeah. you know, Jedi go on the what are they called? Not the Pathfinders, but they have the people that go out specifically to find new recruits. Yeah, but I, I just like I said, I just have this feeling. He's like, what? And then the fact that, oh, he's going back with you. He's going with you again. Huh. He must be something special. Yeah, exactly. So maybe Dooku told him that's the other possibility. That, that's what I'm thinking. I think that, you know, there was probably some type of interaction or maybe just Dooku had a, a sense in the force. Like there's somebody here that's super powerful. I, there's a million different ways that can get, it's true. It's an, it's an open unanswered question. And I'm okay with that. I don't need an, I don't need a definite answer to it. True. I don't. He, he knows the plan was, the, everything that was set in motion was set in motion. It it happens. So, but honestly, I can't wait to watch the last two episodes of it. I know you got a little bit before you can show it to Anita. Corey. You As, you both are gonna love the last two, especially episode five. That one looks like the most interesting. Like it's gonna have some, you know, it's, some Clone War character. Yeah, it's it's very good. Episode five is very good. The so. last one is nice. I don't like what it has contradicted from the book, from the novel, but it's it's the- a quick tidbit. I mean, again, these episodes are twenty minutes long, so it's it's not like they're changing a huge amount. The core elements are still there. Yes. No, but I. <laughs> No, I, I can't wait to watch the rest of it. I can't wait to catch the the end of Andor as as it comes out. I'm loving the place that Star Wars is in. Yeah, Earlier in this agreed. episode, I mentioned that I'm questioning where Marvel's at, but I'm not questioning Star Wars anymore. No, I, I, I was after the sequel trilogy. I'm not questioning it anymore. No, I'm I'm 100 percent with you there. I I think that what they're doing with Star Wars right now is they're definitely they're definitely keeping it 
Well, earlier we we hyped on the thing that harped on the thing that Kathleen shut the fuck up about announcing stuff. Yeah. That being said, don't like keep telling the stories you're selling telling because they're coming out beautifully, in my opinion. Yes. My favorite part of <clears throat> Tales of the Jedi is that it's a Dave Filoni baby. It's he thought of this on like a plane somewhere, just fleshing out these stories. And as much as I'm excited for the Ahsoka stuff. The Dooku lore is what I was looking forward to. Yeah. And they nailed it. For me, yeah, because there's so much unknown about Dooku. There really is. And Ahsoka's been touched upon so many times in so many different medias are mediums already between Clone Wars, uh, Rebels, in, in the Mandalorian stuff. I mean, like a Boba Fett. It, we've had a lot of Ahsoka. We know her story. Dooku's story has always been alluded to. Yeah. We get a little bit of it in Clone Wars and then like some books and stuff, but this is a nice way to get the wider audience. Like here's a little 15 minute thing that shows like why he is the way he is. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, from almost from where I've seen to in Tales of the Jedi, I'm giving it a 9.5. Can, can we stop for a second and talk about how, so going back and watching the Clone Wars with Anita and then watching this, the animation has taken leaps and bounds and we, since 08. And we saw it in in seven where in season seven where it really started to push boundaries. Like that Pixar animation was really coming in. Yeah. Marrying to the Cartoon Network based an, animation that we had with Clone Wars. And it's beautiful. I want every project moving forward that's an animation to be in this style. Just keep it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. This this style, it holds well and it looks good and they they've improved it drastically. So what's your rating, guys, on on Tales of the Jedi? Mine's nine point five. I've watched all of it. Ten. Ten out of ten. Oh, shit. Damn. That is high praise. Wow. I'm missing one episode. And so far, I will say it's at like a nine. A nine out of ten for me. That one episode, I, it will probably push it over. But as of right now, I feel like they're kind of short. They're cute episodes. They're fun. Not super consequential, though. Yeah. I just, I think it's, I think it deserves a ten out of ten because we see where Ahsoka comes from. How her people operate. Her village, specifically. Where her courage comes from, from her mother. The interaction that she has with her mother, it's a lot of courage. You, you need to face Death Ahsoka, which she learns to do that through the Clone Wars. Dooku, we see his tragedy, his loss, and his fall, and how he became a apprentice for Darth Sidious. The last two episodes, I won't get into detail for you both, are good examples of Ahsoka applying what her mom taught her when she was an infant to face death. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. And I think all I'm going to say, I, I will just say this. I think in episode five of tales of the Jedi, Anakin supports that by he supports her mom's teachings drastically. And that's all I'm going to say on that. So I, I, in my opinion, 10 out of 10. Damn. Okay. Yep. 
All I right. can't wait to finish it. I can't wait to finish it either, guys. I know for a fact you both are going to love it. Excellent. Especially you, because you get to see a lot of... You get to see a lot more of her working with Anakin. And you, because you get to see a lot of the form movements. Oh, God, yeah. Especially in season five. <laughs> see, ep- uh, uh, excuse me, episode five. Episode six is good. There's... That's yeah. I I want to talk about it, but I don't want to say anything. I don't want to spoil it for you both. I'm I, that's all. Well, I think I know what I'm doing tonight, and I'm probably gonna finish it. Yeah, I'm gonna wait until she falls asleep, and I'm just gonna like go to the bathroom and watch it on my phone. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just you guys will love it. All right. Well, guys, thanks for joining us this week. This has been another wonderful episode of Dorkside Nexus. Lovely to be in the studio with you guys. Be sure to stay hydrated. And it's getting cold out there, so definitely wear a sweater or a scarf. I'm low on gas, and you look like you need a jacket. Don't forget to wear a condom and be nice to people. And on that note, guys, stay hydrated, and we'll see you in the Nexus. Thanks for listening this week, guys. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button. So that way, when we drop a new episode, you're the first to know about it. Also, be sure to find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. You can find us there at Dorkside Nexus. And also check out our MySpace page. Wait a second. This is in 2008. Wrong decade. Never mind. We don't have one of those. Just kidding, guys. Anyways, we hope you enjoyed this week's show. And as Corey's always says, stay hydrated, and we'll see you next time in the Nexus.